Hey there, and welcome to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast, serving up stories and knowledge on Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. This is what's hot in Dynamics. You're now joining your hosts, Ashley Steiner and Merlin Schweiger. I was watching this, um, I watch a lot of true crime stuff, and so it was like this lady, and I really should learn her name, but it was like, it, like it was just on. I turned the TV on, and it was just the show, and apparently she like just very bluntly asks questions to people um, in a very passive-aggressive way, like knowing how dumb like she asks them in a way like to get them to realize how dumb they are based on the answer they're going to give like so she was talking about nancy grace who i don't know if you've heard of nancy grace i guess who like spews her opinions as if they're factual on the news and she only covers like court cases so she does casey anthony she did the guy out in california that is in jail for murdering his wife which whatever so she just always comments so the guy who produces her show she was like Oh, what would you say to somebody who's like an aspiring TV reporter, but, you know, like loves to share their opinion, but the show makes it look like it's factual. It was just really funny because like, that's clearly what he does for the Nancy Gray show. Anyways, so she's just very, I love it. She's, she's awesome. But they, um, you were talking about the, the BS in a courtroom. Um, so apparently they got their defense from doing a trial jury that CBS paid for. So CBS, the TV network, paid to do a trial jury before the the trial, like a, not a trial, like a, that's a bad word to say, like a pre-trial jury. Like they did a test jury basically. Okay. Laid out all the facts and then we're like, would you find this person guilty or not guilty? And they all were like, oh, I bet the kid died of an accident, drowned in the pool. And that was the defense. So CBS, the TV channel, paid for a test jury, and then what the test jury said is what they used as the defense. So, like, it just shows that that may or may not have happened, but they got their defense from, like, these people who were just getting paid to be in a test jury. And that's what they used as the defense. It wasn't even like, yeah, so it wasn't even like, well, this is actually what happened. It was... No, we did a test jury. They aired it on CBS a month before the trial. And then (laughs) that was their defense was from a focus group. And that to me like opened my eyes of like, like we need defense attorneys, right? I totally believe that everybody deserves a defense. Like I'm not one of these people that are like, oh, like they're terrible people. No, every, I think being a defense attorney is a very admirable job because you're dealing with some of the worst people in the world, but you're also de- like trying to take an innocent person and prove their, in- you know, anyways, I think it's a, an admirable, admirable career. I could never do it, but that just showed how much BS actually does go on in a courtroom. Of course. I mean, at the end of the day, both I, sides I thought are, it was really fascinating. Like both sides oh, are both being sides paid are to, to win. So you're going to do whatever you can to win. Yeah, but I just, it was so blatantly, who knows what happened? I mean, she was found not guilty or whatever. This is, case is like 10 years old, like, but anyways, I found that very fascinating that they got their defense from the focus group and people were like, oh yeah, that's believable. And that's why she got off. Not because that's actually what happened. We don't know. 
Interesting. Well, I anything else to add to it. It's just fascinating. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about, I guess, off camera, we were talking about judges, right? Or off recording. So, like, the worst part would be dealing, you said, with the BS in the courtroom. And that is why I would never be a judge. I mean, one of many reasons. Well, I would never want to be on a jury. I wouldn't want to be on a jury because I would, like... See, that's where I actually... I have always kind of wanted to have jury duty and be on a jury just to like understand more about... Like for, like, a murder about, or... Like to, whatever, anything. just to understand more about how the process works. Hmm. Um, you should get arrested somehow, and find out real some... quick how the process works. There's... I feel like being on a jury maybe has a lower impact on the rest of my life. Uh, and I can still learn about the process with a lower impact. Than going right? to jail. It's sort of like, like I could watch a documentary on like organ transplants. I don't actually have to try to cut out my own kidney. Like, yeah, I would learn a lot if I tried to cut out my own kidney. But I, I think I'd just, you know, watch a YouTube video or read a book maybe. <laughs> Such a weird analogy to compare. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. It's a good point, though. I mean, I also point, would huh? never cut out my own kidney. Unless, you know, like, what if your kid needed your kidney? But I guess that's I a different reason than just like I about would, it. I would find a medical professional to assist in that process. What, what, what am I going to do? Like, cut out my own kidney and then, like, just stitch it into my kid? Like, I to be like, oh, I hooked it up. And then a doctor looks at an x-ray and is like, well, you hooked it up to the spleen. So congratulations, it's useless. <laughs> I have no idea how we got here. <laughs> um, I don't know how. I'm trying really hard to find a connection between, like, BS and manipulation in the courtroom and artificial intelligence to kind of, like, connect to our topic. I don't know. I'm struggling a little bit. Like you can use AI to, it's going to take over the world someday. Right. I mean, okay. Okay. So arguably you could use AI to come up with a legal defense similar to your focus group example. Oh. Why not use AI traverse the, the, the total of, of case history in similar cases, such as yourself, your own, and then you know, which, which case is won, which case is lost, and let the AI come up with a, with a potential strategy for you. I mean, I don't know if we're there yet. I don't know enough. About... I mean, honestly, I have to assume that an AI bot going through, like, court case history could do reasonably comparable work to, you know, an overworked, underpaid, and sparsely educated, you know, public defender. Like, just call your AI defense bot. Defense bot objects. Did we just... <laughs> Did we just come up with like a million dollar idea? Maybe we did. For the legal, for the legal <laughs> team. Yeah, maybe we should explore this a little bit more. Maybe we should hold off on this podcast and go build. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the AI like art stuff? Like Dolly and I'm like, it's fascinating. No? It's fascinating. I know so little about AI, to be honest with you. Sounds like you're create, you're gonna educate me a little bit. I tried to create some cover art for one of our podcast episodes with AI art, and it looked awful, so I didn't use it. But I'm gonna keep trying. So maybe we should use it for this episode because maybe we should. Even if it's terrible, we can just say it's terrible. 
Hmm. All right. So AI builder, at least we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So, so I'll say, so I'll bring this up as I was at summit in October and people were talking about like new things or things to be excited about. And, um, somebody brought up AI builder and I think I immediately texted Marilyn and was like, WTF is this? <laughs> like maybe we should do a show yeah. on it. So I yeah. can force myself to do some education and cause I can't be the only one who's like, all right, now there's more than just the business card reader. Cause that was, I always was like, oh, AI is just, that's not the only way I can integrate it into, into dynamics, but there's clearly mm -hmm. more out there. Um, so thought it would be a good conversation for us. I agree. It's a great conversation. I'm curious to know, what have you learned? <laughs> so I read uh, through uh, the Microsoft documentation cause that's the easiest way to learn at least like yeah. how to get things set up. And for me, it sounds like a lot of it has to do with reading images and pulling pieces of information in, at least that's the way that's not artificial intelligence as a whole, right? But it's just the AI builder that is in Dynamics is that you can upload pictures and it'll look for objects or text or things like the business card reader. That's at least what I've gotten out of it so far. So that way, like if you're out on, let's say if you're a field service person and you're out on a job and you can take a picture and upload it and then it can kind of tell you what pieces are there or missing or something. That's at least the way I understood it. I could be completely wrong. I mean, no, you're not completely wrong. And I'll preface this by saying, I'm certainly not an expert in AI Builder either. And right here on my screen, I have the Microsoft documentation so that I remember all of the pieces that it includes. <laughs> um, I mean, there's no way that I think anyone could no, know everything. No, but certainly the vision stuff is, is a large component. It's also, I think, one of the coolest components because you can, to your point, upload a picture and have it figure something out. So there's a, um, maybe about a year ago, I tried to use the document processing model where you can essentially like give it a, a picture or PDF, whatever of like an invoice, a purchase order or something, and it'll go through and like extract all the data out of it. And then, you know, you do something with that data integrated to somewhere or kick off a process or whatever. Um, and it does, I mean, it does pretty well, even with like, to some degree, hand scribbled invoices. Like it's not going to probably get the language that well, but it'll do the numbers okay. Um, and so, like I've tried to use that, and it worked. It worked reasonably well. Um, but that's okay. like that's just the vision stuff. Like um, mm -hmm. I actually saw this was probably two or three years ago at this point. I saw somebody build like a demo power app, like a canvas app, where they would take a picture of a metal object and it would tell them if it was rusty or not. Which, you know, from an actual, like, use case perspective, that's kind of useless. But it's also kind of cool to be like, it you is. can actually tell if something is rusty. Like, that's how does it know it's rusty? Like, the fact that you can build that in is kind of interesting. Right, right, it is. So the vision stuff, I, I think, is the most, like, fun. But there's also all the language processing, like, the sentiment analysis. Um, mm -hmm. Like, you can somewhere in there, there's something where you like, you know, hook it up and make it listen to voicemails or phone calls. And it'll be like, this person was happy. This person was angry. Like this person was really angry, <laughs> you know, like yeah, I tag feel... a sentiment to it. 
I feel like they're using that in Viva Sales because when you transcribe calls using Viva Sales, it'll like mark words red or green. So you can say like, oh, this word was said with a little bit of a tone or kind of higher, like louder, like a yelling, but not quite. And so it'll take things so you can go, oh, this is where they said the deadline's not going to work for them. Let me go exactly here to see the conversation, sum it up, that kind of thing. So they've got to be using something in there, the sentiment inside of Viva Sales. Probably. And I mean, you can use it on text too. So like you know, read emails and tell me, is this email generally positive or generally negative? Um, and, you know, tie that into like your customer service stuff. So I will say that this was something taken out of dynamics, especially in the customer service world was, what did they call it? Where you could do like sentiment of tweets and things like that. They, there was mm. a name for it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Was that the social we'll listening? put it in the notes. I can't think of it. Yeah, social listening. Yes. So that's deprecated. So this actually yeah. probably you could set it up to replace that. Yeah, you probably could. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess all of that stuff, analyzing text, analyzing audio, analyzing images, like all of that falls into the Azure Cognitive Services bucket. But AI Builder is sort of a limited set of Azure cognitive stuff. So there's like, you can get into make it do whatever you want it to do with your own like custom AI models. I'm not going to do that. You're not going to do that. Probably most of the people listening aren't going to do that because you have to be like an AI, like a data scientist sort of person to figure out what the model actually needs to do. Right. The AI builder stuff is made to be a little bit more plug and play for essentially anybody to use. Um, and so like some of it is like the business card reader or the document processing thing where they're like mostly pre-built and you just like turn it on. Like, oh, you want the business card reader? Just add it and it'll like do its thing. Um, but then there's also the And you're talking about specifically AI. like, are you talking about like in a power app or are you talking like power app? Yeah, or in, in Dynamics. Where it's plug or, and play. You know, wherever. Yeah, it's, it's like pretty plug and play. Those okay. are kind of like the ready to go ones. Um, and then they've got their custom AI models, which is still AI builder, but it's not like I'm going and developing my own model. It's they give you a model and then you make the model kind of do what you want it to do. So like one of the examples actually is the image classification. So like there's no, there's no pre-built model to say, tell me the difference between a dog and a cat. But you could use the image classification AI to say, I would like to build an AI model that will look at a picture and tell me if it's a dog or if it's a cat. And so you like build it out and then you train it. So you give it like a bunch of pictures of dogs and a bunch of pictures of cats. And then it's like, cool, I got this. And then you start feeding it pictures and it'll be like, mm, that's a dog. 78% certain that's a dog, 35% certain that's a cat, you know, whatever. <laughs> And it'll start, you know, doing the classification. So what, what is the training? I guess that's got to take time, right? Cause you have to tell it whether it's right or wrong in order for it to become accurate, right? Cause people so, say like, yeah. oh AI, let me just set it up and it's going to give me all this data. I mean, like you have to train it to be accurate. But most right? of that training is you give it a data set that already is correct. So gotcha. like, okay. it's not, it's not like, 
I'll keep using my dog and cat example. It's not like you're going to give the model a hundred pictures and then it's going to go through and be like, I think this is the dog. And you'll be like, no, that's a cat. It's going to be like, I think this is a cat. Like, yes, that's a cat. Like, you're not doing that. You're going to give it 50 images that are all dogs, like a whole bunch of different breeds of dogs. And you're going to say, okay, ad builder, all of these are dogs. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to give it 50 more images and be like, all of these are cats. And that's the training. Got like, it. Then it looks through all the cat ones and it's like, okay, I got a cat. Looks through all the dog ones. Okay, I think I got dog. And then then you can like test it. Be like, all right, here's a new picture that you haven't seen before. What's in it? It'll be like, I don't know, that's a panda bear. <laughs> nice. Okay. Interesting. So I guess my, my biggest question is like, what is the be best use case for this then? So when I was going through it, I was like, oh, this is all cool. But like, I've never worked in a situation other than the business card reader, but gosh, that's been around for like, what, five, six years. So like, of course yeah. there's good use cases for that. Um, I can't think of a scenario where like this would be an enhancement other than just, Hey, I'm techie. And I think this is cool. Right. As other than like, a nerd use case, like, okay, I built something to identify a dog versus a cat. Like, what good is that? Um, I think <laughs> right. like, how, where's the real world example? So I'm trying to think this through on the fly, but let's imagine that you ran a pet hospital and it's the middle of the night and you have two different vets that could be on call. One specializes in dogs and one specializes in cats. This might be a stretch. I don't actually believe the veterinarians specialize that way, but let's imagine that this is the case. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> your customer reaches out to your emergency, you know, contact line is like, my animal, my Pookums is sick. And you say, cool, send me a picture of Pookums. They send in a picture. You're like, okay, based on this picture, Pookums is a cat. Let's alert our cat vet instead of our dog vet. The dog vet gets to sleep. Okay. Very, very rudimentary sort of use case. Yeah, But yeah, I yeah. think, like, the sentiment ones, I feel like are a little bit easier to come up with use cases for because every customer service organization, or even sales organizations, probably want to know, like, how are their customers or potential customers feeling when they're on the phone, getting emails, whatever. And so right. if you can automate some of that, cool. Um, I think the image like maybe route it to stuff, like a higher level person if it's angry. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like flag this for follow up, or maybe send them a coupon code so that you know they or feel happy. Get a manager involved. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe even maybe even do the sentiment analysis on like your internal people's communications to be like, well, I mean, Ashley is pretty surly with customers. Like maybe she needs to go through some soft skills training. Not that, that wouldn't that surprise me case. actually, but, but no, I mean, I think that that's a good, cause you always hear about, um, like, oh, this, like when you call in, oh, this call is going to be recorded for whatever training purposes, things like that. So, I mean, that is, I think the easiest use case of anything is customer service. Yeah. But I think overall where I see the value in any of the AI stuff is when you have an overwhelming amount of data. And it takes a lot of time to sift through it, right? Like if you, if you think about that, 
from the call center phone call recording perspective, if I want to know how is Ashley on the phone with customers, what am I going to do? Sit there and like, listen to your phone calls for like three straight days. Like, you know, I, I can't just listen to one phone call because maybe you're having a bad day or maybe you stubbed your toe that morning or whatever. Like I need to get data over time. So now I got to like, listen to four of your phone calls from last week and four of your phone calls from next week. And I'm just like, I don't have time to listen to those. Right. Mm -hmm. Going through all of the data would take too much time. And that's just one agent. Now I say, I've got 1500 agents. Who's going to listen to all that? Nobody. So you make the computer do it and the computer right. can come up with the trends and the whatever. And I can't think of a good reason at the moment to use like images for that. But I think again, in any situation, the only thing I lot. can think of. Right. And maybe that's the, the best answer. Like you're going out to service. I don't even know. Uh, maybe you've got city employees that are like checking on every single fire hydrant and taking a picture mm -hmm. of the fire hydrant. And so you've got thousands of fire hydrants that are getting all of their photos taken three, four times a year or whatever. You want to get a flag when it looks like one of them is too rusty or beat up or whatever and might need replacement. Maybe an easy way to do that is you just have an AI builder model go through and look at all of these things and be like, start flagging them to be like, well, this one on this corner looks like it could use some maintenance. I'm wondering, actually, I'm just wondering right now if I had like a dashboard camera on my like city vehicles driving around, I wonder if it could identify potholes and like automatically flag like location of pothole that needs to be fixed because like for them to do nothing about it. Oh, of course they'll do nothing about it, but they'll know that it's there. <laughs> so people all just like can stop calling it in, but that's awesome. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, there's, so a, like, there's, I just, there's a pothole that I always pass that I always have to like swerve around. It's just yesterday I drove by it again. It's been like yeah. that since I moved here. So I think like the idea that I see behind AI is if you got a bunch of data and you don't want to figure it out on your own, right? Whatever that data my question. is. So this was my question is how is that different than customer insights? Cause you said, oh, if you have a lot of data and you don't know how to sort through it. Well, that's always kind of like the pitch for customer insights. Oh, you have all this data that you need to sort through and compare and bring together. So I have two parts to that answer. One part is customer insights does use a lot of AI in what it does. But the second part is customer insights is just trying to give you the picture. It's not necessarily telling you what it, the picture means. If like that the makes action. sense. Right. Gotcha. Whereas you have to, most, you have to take that picture that they give you and make some sort of judgment or analysis of it. Okay. Right. Like customer insights is going to, aggregate everything about your customer and be like, here's what you need to know about your buyer, Ashley, what she's interested in and what she's buying and when she's had issues and all that stuff. And you'd be like, cool. I feel like I really know Ashley really well right now, but so what? Like you got to do something with that. And usually the value of customer insights is it's, it's really hard to just get that picture in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it uses a bunch of AI in the background to like help aggregate all of that data. But all the rest of this AI builder stuff, like it's more about sifting through lots of data and then coming up with something useful out of it. Like this has been usefully categorized or this has been, you know, usefully processed. So like the, the document 
processing example that I was helping to implement like a year ago was, you know, like a, I don't remember a shipping company or a logistics company or something. They get a lot of like trucks of stuff moving things around and some of them are written out and some of them are printed and some of them are PDFs. And the process as it was, was there's a, a guy sitting in accounting that gets all of these PDFs emailed to him and he holds the PDF on one screen and he's got his ERP system on the other screen and he hand keys all of the data in. And that's like 98% of his job all day, every day is just keying data from one screen into another system. I know so I get really you can bored doing that. I was gonna say, I know I'd get really bored doing that, but like, think about how amazing that job would be of like, no responsibility. It sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it sounds amazing until you like do it for three straight months. And then you just be like, I will do anything else. Like I'll do literally anything else. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's true. Cause it also takes out that what you said. So like you could streamline it. It takes out that human error too. Right. Cause if you, you could back key something. And that's not even mm -hmm. to suggest that the AI is going to be spotless. Like it might right. make a mistake too. If you've got like a handwritten invoice, like maybe it's, it's not that confident in it. But even in that document processing example, I think the out of the box process that comes in, in power platform is like, there's a review stage. So it'll like show you the document, mm. show you the data it extracted. You can be like, yes, these things are the same go. So like, Got you it. might okay. still want to have a check, but that's going to take so much less time, right? Like now mm -hmm. your guy in accounting can hammer that out in like 20 minutes every morning instead of spending six and a half hours a day just rekeying data. Yeah, it's crazy. It's true though. I mean, people are always looking for ways to, well, I mean, and then cause everyone's like, oh, we could cut a position. I was like, or think about what else that person could do. Right. So it's not always necessarily about cutting roles, which is great. Everyone loves to save money, but you could expand or do the things that you've always wanted uh -huh. to do, but didn't have the budget or the money or the people. Um, so you can reuse those talents. Cause I'm sure the person keying all that in, has some sort of accounting know-how, <laughs> so It'll probably do something better. else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I always like to, to kind of gauge things on this level. Is this something I could learn how to do, or is this I mean, a little bit more technical? Yeah. So like, for example, again, the document processing model, the training process is you up, you, you take your PDFs, you have to have at least five, you upload your PDFs. And then it presents you with this screen and it's like, okay, here's your PDF. Tell me where this data is. So you like draw a box, like here's the quantity. Here is the mm -hmm. pre-inch price. Here's the extended price. Here's the shipping address. Like you just like draw boxes around it and it says, cool. And it brings up the next example and you go through the same process. And after you're through with those five then it's like, great, I think I got this. And anytime you give it a document that looks basically like that, It'll figure it out. So yes, hmm. you could totally do it. Mm -hmm. Anything else you have to add on AI Builder? And I think we talked about doing PowerFX, which I think ties in really closely. So there will be a podcast coming yeah. on that soon. Another, another thing for Ashley to learn. I mean, that's another <laughs> thing for me to learn too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, like I said, the AI stuff is really cool and it's, I, like I just kind of went through this with a customer of mine around the idea of like lead or opportunity scoring. 
and you know like the scoring models that's built into dynamic sales mm-hmm. enterprise and you know we were all like oh well we got to come up with the rules and we got to figure out what we're going to do we're going to whatever and i was like no actually all all we have to do is give it like a thousand closed as one and two thousand closed as lost and then it just figures out the scoring all by itself. Yeah, the, like there's... I was going to say, that's the first thing I always think of is the lead scoring that's built into the sales insights. That, mm-hmm. I mean, it uses the predictive model, which is one of the right. AI builder tools, right? You could use AI it for multiple months. things, but um, the hard part of that is you need the data to fill it. So if you have yes. like a new implementation, you can't use it right away because you need to gain all that information. Right. But no, but it is cool. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, that's the you predictive it's either three or six months worth of data or something. So, I mean, mm-hmm. in this current situation, we're like, well, we're going to come up with some hard rules for prioritization. And then, you know, six months in, we'll turn on the out-of-the-box scoring and it'll work through all this data right. and just magically figure itself out. It's going to be amazing. And hopefully it's accurate. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> awesome. Anything else, sir? I think we're good to close up today's topic. No, I don't think so. I guess if anyone I think if this is only going to get good ideas, I was going to say, if anybody has any good ideas for like AI model usage, especially the, uh, the image categorization, I would mm-hmm. love, I would love to hear real world examples. Yeah. I, I think this is only going to get bigger too, right? Like I think Microsoft is only going to invest in this area more. So probably mm-hmm. something we'll have to revisit in the future because it's just going to get bigger. So. Cool. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening and make sure you like and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Dynamics Hot Dish podcast. For additional content and previous episodes, check out our website at dynamicshotdish.com, follow us on Twitter at Dynamics Hot Dish, and subscribe to our podcast for notifications. Thanks. See you next time.